Chicago, Illinois. Have I ever told you how I cleaned out the Chicago racketeers? Oh, the Roaring Twenties, Commander? Precisely. The police felt that they could break up the racketeers if I could bring in the leader, Al Bologna. I agreed. So I decided to pose as a vacuum cleaner salesman. Knowing that Al Bologna was always well guarded, I armed myself carefully. Snub-nosed pistol, snub-nosed machine gun, and snub-nosed cannon. I made my way to the house of Al Bologna and demanded an opportunity to demonstrate my vacuum cleaner. But I failed to consider that I might be searched. When I stood before the cruel Al Bologna, I was completely disarmed. Terrible, Commander. Did you give up? Never! I whipped out my vacuum cleaner, flipped on the switch. Al Bologna was sucked right into the vacuum cleaner. Then I closed the case on Al Bologna and delivered him to the police. You actually cleaned up Chicago with a vacuum cleaner? Quiet. It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. And it's not really November yet. I mean, it will be November when this thing airs, Gabe. So yes, we can still yes. talk about vampires if we want. No, I mean... We're- I mean, as 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 of taping, tomorrow is Halloween, right, Ben? Yeah, is this the, are we in, are we in? No, we, no, we're in, we're in. Oh, We've good, been okay. in since we were talking about vampires. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow's Halloween. I mean, I know what we promised you, Gabe. We promised you that Halloween is over, but oh, <laughs> yeah, last weekend it's the time official. for a bonus Halloween episode. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Last weekend was the last Halloween weekend. There's no more Halloween weekend, so it's over. No more Halloween. I got something for for you. I got something for you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you listened to the last two episodes? We've got all kinds of Easter eggs in there for you. Uh, not really. I, I, I I haven't. There's uh, there's. I heard the Halloween two track at the end of. A couple of episodes ago, which was great. That was the that was the most recent one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with that mask? That is a Michael Shannon Happy mask. Halloween, Gabe. That's a big head that you got there. Shannon told me that you don't like Halloween. Huh? That's a big head. What I miss? Did you wear that mask somewhere? I'm going. I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Tomorrow's Halloween. That Come looks on, like man. a Michael Shannon mask. Wow. <laughs> I'll give him your address. You Thanks. can tell him that yourself. It's okay. If you drive him here, you'll, you'll take him to the wrong city. 
That's a callback to when you tried to pick Michael up. Well, I get it. Address. I get it. Um, All right. So, yes, Gabe, Halloween is over. Do you feel, do you feel uh, relieved? Yes. It's a, a much calmer November. We can talk about the things we're thankful for, not the things that scare us half to death. What if mm-hmm. those are the same things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. You, but if you think you're done talking about movies, oh, Oh, you are so wrong. You are so wrong, Gabe. You're about to be basking in it. Oh, just when he (laughs) thought he was out, we pull him back in. Gabe, can you tell everyone who we have on the show today? Today's guest is Jonathan Hertzberg. Who is Jonathan Hertzberg, you ask? Yes. Somebody tell me. Jonathan Hertzberg, he uh, he he runs a, a label, not a record, not a music record label, but a a film, uh, home video, Blu-ray label. It's called Fun City Editions, and they've put out they put out a lot of cool under the radar movies, primarily from the '70s and the early '80s, and they are putting out a Blu-ray on. November 7th, right, Ben? November yes, 7th? It can be pre-ordered right now. You could order it right now, and you should. Uh, it's it's a movie with Candace Bergen. It's called T.R. Baskin. It's a Chicago movie. And here's here's a kicker, everybody. I don't know why he wanted this, but Ben and I do the audio commentary on that. What's an audio commentary, you ask, Gabe? Yes, I am asking. What is an audio commentary for? A it's sort Blu-ray? of like a a podcast on a Blu-ray disc. Is I know it, why it, he wanted us to do the audio commentary for T.R. Baskin because he's a fan of the show. He heard us do an audio commentary for Grease too, and that's what convinced him we'd be good at this. And he actually wanted Gabe, lies. but we said <laughs> Gabe's going to want too much money, so we just cut Gabe out of the mix. Sure, and sure. he knew that we'd work cheap. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, T.R. Baskin, it's on Fun City Editions. Uh, it's it's Fun City Chicago. He usually does Fun City. Well, Fun City refers to New York. So this is one of his Fun City Chicago choices. And he had us do a commentary on it. And I listened to it last night, and it was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it. Ben, you did a good job editing it. Editing, edit, 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 editing it. Uh, yeah, I listened yeah. to it today, and I was like, "Oh, okay." If I if I didn't know us, and I was listening to this, I'd be like, "Oh, this is pretty good." If, if you people dig this show, and they dig uh, seventy movies that we saw in the seventies, you should get it. And it's a great movie. James Con, Peter Boyle. Candace you know, Bergen pe- at her most beautiful. Very beautiful. Lu- luminescent. Luminous. And a lot of shag carpeting. You're talking about the floors. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wow, you know, Gabe doesn't say much, but when he does, <laughs> boom, pow, zing. I saw this uh, clip on YouTube and it looked like it was from 1970. One or so, and I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> wow, I'm just saying it. I don't know many movies from that 
early of my childhood because I was barely born. Uh-huh. I've never seen the movie. It looked a little interesting. Okay. Set in Chicago. That's all I know. Yeah. There's no jump did scares. You, you, but did, you, right. did you know it's a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a horror movie. Yeah. Did you get to the part where Candace, ba- uh, Candace Bacon, Candace Bergen goes, Hail Satan! God is dead. <laughs> do you ever do you see the part where Candace Bergen is a nurse and she's just walking down this hospital hallway and not much is going on? And, <sighs> and I listened to that clip of us watching the scene from Exorcist Three about a million times, and I and I laugh just as hard every time. <laughs> it is, is funny. It funny because that, you, you were there. Or why why is it so funny? It is the funniest <laughs> funniest thing we've ever done on this show. It's rare no, that a it's, bit, it's rare that a bit works as well as you would dream of it working, uh, <laughs> as you try to oh my imagine. God, it is great. <laughs> what are we watching here? That is scary. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> it's like the screen froze. <laughs> Oh, man. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Hey, everybody. Oh, mm. It's just so sweet. <laughs> I got the words. I didn't say don't anything. Exist All I did was open my mouth and say, what the hell is this? But it's our reaction. Yeah. Your reaction, not my reaction. Well, it's our reaction to your reaction, which we were able to see. <laughs> but the, the listeners don't see it. They no. don't see my reaction. They see, listen to you guys reacting to me. All right, we'll ask the listeners. We'll take a poll. Listeners, are you listening? (laughs) Did any of you think it was funny? (laughs) Sure they did. But we're not here to talk about Halloween. Gabe, Halloween is over. The floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? You're putting me on the spot here. Do I I have to have a bit here? No, no, no. You've just, you've been... Such a good sport all month. So I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Come on. Here you go. Come on, buddy. It's safe. It's a safe space. I'm trying to have a, a, a fun memory in my 50s of something I might have seen in my 20s. I'm going to see Gorilla Biscuits next week. Okay. In Tampa. You're going to do it. I'm going. I bought my ticket. Yeah. As long as, long as something crazy doesn't happen, I'll, I'll be there. I think it's uh, Monday, the day after my birthday. Are you driving or are you flying? To Tampa, I'm driving. You crazy? I don't know. I don't know where you are. You keep telling me, but a couple I don't hours care. away. But they played a show over uh, over the weekend, and they had a big barrier up, and they they just said, "Hey, come see us next week without the barrier, right? The barricade." So I will be there. Anybody in the Tampa area, I'll see you there. Last couple of times I saw them, half the audience was on stage anyway. Right, that's how there's it a lot be. of people on stage. Yes, at a Gorilla and Biscuits they, show. That's how it should be. They've got a lot of relatives or whatever. <laughs> Hangers on. Or a lot, a lot of people in their crew. 
How, how far are you from Tampa? Um, three hours across the state. It's, it's, uh, so are you staying the night? I don't know. I might just skip in and skip out. So when was the last time you saw a, a, a concert, a show? A real show or like a hardcore show or a metal show or any kind of like that? Or any or, kind of or show any... that any kind of show that I wasn't playing the guitar in. I saw Cheap Trick last year okay. when they came through town. Any show that I wasn't playing the guitar <laughs> in and and Brian wasn't working for. I don't I don't go to many shows. That's what I've I'm been saying. looking. When was the I've last one? You used to go to I shows to... all the time. And now you don't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see some fifty year olds playing some straight edge hardcore. It's good. I saw it recently, oh, yes. and I thought it was good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's what I, that's what I got look, to look forward to in the next couple of days. That and keeping up with all these merch orders. But we'll talk about that another time. Well, you got something else to look forward to in in the the near future. And this you're going to fly for this, right? You coming to Chicago? I'm coming to Chicago, and I'm, I'm sh- probably not going to fly. What? <laughs> you're going to drive I, in the I have snow? To visit, I have to visit people along the way. I have family that live. Okay. Along right, the right. way, and I can't. So just... you're going to be at the New Year's show at Bottom Lounge in Chicago. Yes. Otherwise, I wouldn't have allowed my face to be put on that bicycle. Oh, you wouldn't have allowed it. Is is, is that what you think happens now? <laughs> you allow this? Uh, now, I gave it my blessing. Now I, uh, I I made a couple of calls and texts since I think you guys are both going to be in the area. So really. I'm not saying anything. I don't know where it's going to be, but I talked to some mutual friends of ours. What say you to doing uh, at least one, maybe two, Lifers Live? Are they performances? Broadcasts. What are they? Broadcasts. Burlesques. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe do one in the first week of January? Does that tickle your fancy? I'm in. Can't Gabe, wait. Have you ever had your fancy tickled? I don't even want to answer that question. I'm thinking. I don't know. I mean, when was your fancy tickled the hardest? Where is this conversation going? <laughs> Wherever you want. It's your month, bro. You sound like your dad at the moment. That People don't say that anymore. Yeah, I sound like my dad. My dad doesn't say that. <laughs> hey, Scott, do you want your fancy tickled? <laughs> Nobody says that. Yes, it sounds like a great idea. Something like something like that I would probably come up with along the way. First week of January, put it together. I'll be there. Yes, okay. We'll do that. Ben, you in? I'm in. I'm flying to New York on Christmas Day. I'm flying back to Chicago on Christmas Eve. I will be there at the Bottom Lounge. And New Year's Eve. I'll hang out as long as I need. New Year's Eve. Did I, what did I say? You, you said, said heat. heat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Wait a minute. Can I do a li- just a little cleaning cleaning up of last month's business? I saw I saw a shit ton of movies. last month's business or last week's business. Well, last week's business. Since last week, I've seen two movies that I've been Listen, talking about ben, for a while. Ben, Gabe doesn't want to talk about movies anymore. I know. Part no, of we're the gonna deal. Get it all out. Today, part of is, the deal is, was he didn't movies. talk about movies anymore. So that's the, why the man's trying we, to say something, Scott. Who's our guest today, Gabe? 
Jonathan Hertzberg, the the man, the myth, the legend. And what does he do? He does a label for Blu-ray re-releases. He's kind of like the Gabe Rodriguez of movies. He is. He is the Gabe Rodriguez of movies. I didn't know people had labels to put out DVDs that Mm -hmm. were already released on movies but didn't make it on DVD. Isn't this this interesting? If if you had, uh, I don't know, if you had read up on the guy, maybe you would have had something to talk to him about. (laughs) <laughs> just uh, I don't know just off the top of my head what do you think think it's possible maybe they could have bonded over they could like, have bonded postage costs and all people could have learned something yeah they could have been how much does it cost for you to to send you know vinyl oh how much does it cost for you to send you know a, a box set of blu-rays where do you, you get your boxes this. from where do you get your packaging from Right, right. What kind of packaging do you? That's do you, not interesting. Where do you, where do you get, get your, your Where do you get your Blu-rays manufactured? How, where do you get your O cards? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. That's not interesting to anybody. I didn't even know people bought Blu-rays anymore. Well, we, we hope they do because it comes out <laughs> November seventh. T.R. Baskin with commentary. Co- commentary yours, from yours. from uh, Mr. Riser and I and Mr. Lucas. Is that all done in one take? You watched it Not once Paul and Reiser. just listened? What? You listened to the whole and watched the whole movie in one take and just did your commentary? Or did you do a few two of them? Well, we, we did. But we also like came back and we kept talking. And, and Gabe, uh, not Gabe, Ben went in and he did some chopping and some salad tossing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. Uh, there was a moment. It's where- not interesting to anybody. <laughs> there was a moment, I don't know, I was on a rant for like five minutes and Scott stops me and he says, are you just reading off of some page? <laughs> what are you doing? So we stopped and started again. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, when Evil Lurks. Finally got to see it on the old shutter. Masterpiece. Streaming. Jesus Christ. So fucking oh, you, great. You liked it, huh? Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Terrified. I thought that was okay at best. But this Because you were giving me some attitude. Like you were about to... You, you wanted to hate it. I did. Admit it. Admit but it. I, but it... Why from, do you like that? From the very first Why frame, do you like that, Ben? I don't know. You do, Bob, like, do, you're, like you're not well, like that. I'm not. Like if I say I like something, you want, you automatically want to go out and hate it. Why? No, when no, did no, that no. happen? It's not, a, it's not a you thing. It's not a Scott Lucas thing. I think it is though. No, no, no. In fact, you're you're one of the few people that if you say you like something, then I want to kind of give it half a chance. But in general, I don't want anyone to discover something for me. I if Gabe tells you own. about you know his favorite Cheech and Chong movie, you're not going to go out and go that movie sucks. I hate that one. Well, uh, you want me to talk about Zapped? I, I would. I, he, I happen to agree with Gabe about his favorite Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> uh, it's not my fault. I don't know. But, but anyway, I've now seen it up from the very first frame. I was like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. And by the end of it, I'm still feeling that same way. I can't wait to watch it again. Great fucking movie. And then also... Gabe, would you like to see a clip? <laughs> right now? Mm, from when evil lurks? You want to see the trailer? Uh, No. No. This, this ship has sailed. We're done with the evil movies. I also got to see Killers of the Flower Moon, Ooh. which I don't think you've weighed in on anywhere that I can tell. Nope. So do you want me to say what I feel or you, we're not doing I it? I don't need to hear it. Hey, everybody. It's Jonathan Hertzberg. Hey, everybody. Jonathan, how are you? 
I'm very, I'm very good. How are you guys? Where are you coming at us from? I am coming at you from Upper Manhattan on the uh, Upper, Upper, Upper Ooh. West Side, Washington Heights, near Fort Tryon Park and the Cloisters and the George Washington Bridge. Don't give them your street address. You know those groupies will be out in front. You know that. You know who I'm talking about. Will be outside in front of your building. At 6 a.m., <laughs> waving, wait, waving, uh, waving. Don't give his... anybody any ideas now. That hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Okay, well, knocking on wood here. How do you guys know each other? You, John and Ben, how do you guys know each other? Um, were, were you still at, were you at Madison when Jonathan was at Madison? I don't think I was. John, when did you graduate? I, I was in Madison as a student from 1996 to 2000. Did you graduate? I realized I said graduate. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, get yeah, yeah. I, fin- I, fin- I finished up in, in May of 2000. So I, I was I, yeah. I was in town but not working at the university. But I did meet Jonathan for the first time at the university, at the Wisconsin Film Festival, because as I hope we're going to go into Jonathan's backstory. Um, we just started. Oh, yes. We'll get there. Okay, cool. <laughs> I really met Jonathan for real. Uh doing the 70 movies we saw in the 70s podcast uh, that you just listened to, Scott, uh, where we where we uh, were covering Jeremy uh, and little and not known to me. I don't know if if Mike McPadden deliberately kept this from me or I just was not paying any attention, but I didn't realize <laughs> that we were bringing John on. I knew we were bringing I knew we were doing Jeremy as a tie into this Blu-ray release of Jeremy that John was putting out on Fun City, but I didn't know that Mike and um, Kat Ellinger uh, were, had done a commentary for it. So <laughs> I walked into this thing and like sort of halfway through the episode, I'm like, wait, wait, what? oh, oh, you're, oh, this is, you're shilling for this fucking, ble- you're doing what we're doing tonight. You're shilling for a Blu-ray that you're <laughs> actually a part of, which I was like, great, fine. But I'll be the guy who like says stupid shit that you won't say because you're actually a part of this project. I can't believe he hadn't told you that. I'm surprised that he had not, that Mike had neglected to tell you that he knew that ben would be jealous and he just didn't want to deal with it (laughs) the new release is tr baskin why tr baskin and more importantly why me and ben to do the audio commentary okay well tr baskin first of all we we so we just we just made a a new deal with with paramount uh to Mm -hmm. license a package of films and tr baskin was a film that really has it's never been released on home video in the u.s ever not even on tape legitimately so that was attractive that it really hasn't been available and then the fact that it's sort of in our that sweet spot of the early 70s new american cinema period and it has all these names like peter boyle and james Kahn and our star candace bergen and yet, and also good, really good names behind the camera, like Herbert Ross, the director, and Peter Himes, the writer and producer. And and the fact that it just, it, you know, it's kind of slipped through the cracks and isn't isn't as well known, and yet it's in that sweet spot of character movies and kind of bleak films and urban set films from that era. So all those things were really attractive to me, and I think that, that those were kind of, those. Are, it's the kind of movie that people kind of expect to come out from Fun City. So is that the specific vibe of Fun City? Just bleak, character-driven, <laughs> bummers? Well, 
We have, we do have, we do have a number of them. Yes, I, I, I like to think though. Well, I, I, I find, even though a movie might be, you might classify it as a, as a bummer or a downer. I mean, often those are, I don't know, I don't think I'm the only one. I think we have an audience for it that feel in some ways like those are their happy movies, mm-hmm. you know. So, I I mean, that's sort of how I feel. And they've sort of been neglected by, in a lot of ways, on on the, on Blu-ray. Um, that's sort of how we've, you know, kind of tried to, try to forge a new way in terms of, you know, a lot of the stuff we've released have been titles that other labels weren't doing as much because they're, you know, they're not genre films per se. They're a little harder to, they, they feel, I think for, for a lot of people like a tougher sell. So that's what, so we're, so that's another thing. Well, I mean, is there a movie that you put out that you feel best sums up the vibe of the label? Gosh, I mean, I think there's a few, but I, I'll just say like some of our really popular titles, I think are also what people have come to expect from us like something like a like a cutter's way hmm. or or an i start counting or uh even even jeremy uh the the, uh, the which we already talked about um uh the remake of breathless with richard gear like a, i think a lot of our a lot of our films have either a uh have a have a strong they they're they're urban set films so obviously fun city as a lot of people know at this point fun city is a nickname for new york in the right. 70s it's sort of like the the other side of the it's it's like the other side of the coin fear city fun city mm-hmm. and and so a lot of our movies are urban set films whether they're new york movies or or in this case chicago and that's another thing that i found really attractive about tr baskin is i lived in chicago i went to graduate school in chicago so even though I'm from the New York area and live in, and have mostly lived in New York, I have spent time in Chicago. I really appreciate the city. I appreciate the, the Midwest. I, I feel like they still get overlooked a lot. Um, and I'm sure that's a whole other conversation. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but also I felt like it's a lot of our movies that we've released have been fun city movies in a way like fun urban movies, even though they're not New York movies, they're set in cities around this, the same time of, of that period of New York that we've come to call the fun city era or the, or the fear city era. Um, so this is like a fun city, Chicago movie. And I think we've also released movies that are fun city, LA, right. fun city, Paris and, and so on. Fun City, Des Moines, Iowa, I think is one of your <laughs> How did you even find this movie? I mean, w- well, this one was, I had seen the soundtrack cover. The soundtrack is pretty ubiquitous, even though the movie was hard to find. The soundtrack has been in like dollar bins forever and ever and ever. Uh, the original music by, uh, by Jack Elliott. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely had seen the soundtrack. I'd seen that artwork, the key art image, sort of purpley image of, of, Candace Bergen and, and Peter Boyle. And I knew who made the film. I, I mean, I was familiar with the, the who of it, but I hadn't actually seen it until the last few years, couple years even. And it just was like, well, this is one that nobody's done. And also Paramount had already has just done a new, had done a new uh, master for it pretty recently. So it just, you know, that, so that, yeah, that's pretty much how. And also, I just always am drawn to these little, 
weird little hard to classify obscure movies. Dear mom and dad, I've gone to Chicago to seek fame and fortune. Don't be mad. Love TR. Uh-uh, operator. T as in traffic accident. Hi, mom. Nothing. I just called to see how you were. How are you? No, really, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to see how you were. Listen, mom, how's dad anyway? How is he? Oh, Mom, would you please don't wake him up? Please don't wake him up, Mom. Would you, would you please not wake him up? Hi, Dad. Have you ever had malaria, tuberculosis, rheumatic fever, heart disease, kidney disease, or any mental illness? No, 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 no. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Twelve arrests, no convictions. How hard was it to track down Peter Hyams? Peter Himes is actually pretty easy to track down. He's done a lot of the, he's done other, he's been on other Blu-rays and DVDs. And I'm also friendly with a lot of the other uh, people at, at other labels doing similar things. So I can't remember how I got Peter's email. It actually might've even been some going through his agent. I think actually it was his agent on IMDb Pro. So <laughs> there's an IMDb like, Pro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> IMDb Pro is a really good source for that's where you get the contact info for Peter, people's representation, you know, their lawyers and their agents and so on. Ben, so you knew this? We, I, I actually heard this recently and it was like poo pooing and it's like, fuck IMDb. And they're like, no, no, no. IMDb Pro. That's where you get the good stuff. I'm like, OK. But uh, but yeah, that's how we found Peter. And Peter was just like, I'm here. I'll talk to you, whatever. Right. You right. know, so he was cool. But I don't very, really understand. Very casual. I, yeah. I don't understand exactly how this whole boutique label thing works. So you say you you recently made this deal with Paramount. So does that? How does that deal work? Do you say, hey, I want to release, if possible, five or ten films of yours? Let's talk about the licensing deal. Or do you have to give them titles <laughs> that you're looking for? Or is it just sort of well, like a, a blank slate at first? They want to see a certain number on the bottom line. That's the. That's really the. Oh sure, the, I, yeah. The driving, okay. yeah. They need they need to get a minimum. They need to have like a, you know, a minimum uh, uh, fee basically to make uh, them activate their legal departments and activate everything to make this deal happen. They're not going to just so like a lot of times people will suggest fans. I mean, people on you know that we talk to on social media and and whatnot. They might suggest them. How about you do this movie and this movie and that movie and that movie? And they're all from different rights holders. That's very hard to do for the most part. With studios, for sure, you can't just cherry pick like one title here, or two titles there. It has to be a larger deal. So could we be getting, since it's Paramount, could we be getting uh, another movie shot in Chicago out of that? Another movie that's oh. pretty impossible to see? Oh. Uh, what, but well, a certain I mean, singles scene in Chicago? Oh, gosh! That you have, about last night? Out. Is that what you're talking? No, about? No, 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 it's, no, it's no, not no. a, it's not a, it's not a Paramount film. Uh, no, oh, I know what you're talking film. about. Uh, looking for Mr. Goodbar. Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Well, no, I'm afraid uh, it's it's a it, it, that would be great, and uh, and I love that you brought that up because so many people, you know this, I'm sure, so many people mistakenly call that a New York movie. It's right. not a New York movie. The real story, the real thing. Uh, the, everything that happens in that movie did happen in New York, as you know. But 
but uh, the director decided he'd, there were too many movies shot in New York um, at that time, and he was like, I want a city that, I want a different look. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'd love that. That's, yeah, that would be a great one. And we don't we don't have it. No, that's a movie that's had a lot of I, there. there have, that is a movie where there have been I, where there's music that needs to be re re upped that needs mm. sync right sync rights that need to be renewed. Is that so, usually the problem is music is music rights? It could be. But a lot of people just make that assumption that that's what it is. But it's mm. not always music. It could be it could be uh, author. It could be like the the rights to the actual like if if something is based on a book it could be the liter the rights the literary rights could have to be renewed it could be a lot of things yeah a lot of times I think these movies just weren't deemed um, uh, uh, to be worth it worthwhile by the studio they just don't think they're you know big enough they're not going to make money they're not important enough I think that's probably what happened with T R Baskin I just think it was probably just you know, it's a small movie uh, and probably was a difficult movie to sell in its original release. Yeah, and you never hear any of the people that worked on it talking about it, you know? I mean, <laughs> this movie completely blindsided me. Yeah, yeah. It is surprising, though, when I finally saw it, that, and I just thought this is a really, I mean, it's really well shot. It's really, everything about it, it's a really, yeah. everybody's on their game, and it's like Peter Boyle right after he was in Joe, and James Kahn, right before he's in Brian's song and The Godfather, and Candace Bergen was in Carnal Knowledge around this time. So, like, everybody is, like, firing on all cylinders. And, yeah, it's surprising that it just, you know, kind of went away. And and, and also, though, funny the funny thing is when you talk to, a lot of times when you talk to actors or directors or whatever about these films from decades ago, they're surprised that you want to talk to them about it because they're oftentimes their memory of the movie their association with it was well first it's just a sometimes it's just it was just a job and they went and did thing a, a bunch of things before and after it and it just gets you know grouped into the the whole collective body of work and then they're also like if the movie was a success back then then they expect you to be talking about it but if it was a movie that was kind of like lost or forgot you know or just didn't right. do that great then they're kind of like why do you want to talk about that movie <laughs> right. but you know how it is like so many times movies that were failures or tough sells or whatever they were they they kind of took a while to catch on and then they and then they've sort of sometimes they end up usurping the films that were really popular at, when they both you know other films that came out at the same time you know they sometimes flip-flop positions right. but but oftentimes the people that made them don't know they don't even know that they're like oh you're how do you know this movie you weren't even born that right. yeah, i get that a, a lot so i think I've, i'm sure peter hyams was pretty surprised that we wanted to talk to him about tr right i'll bet I mean, how did you get into this was there something in your childhood that you could point to that would that you know would give you some idea that's the thing that happened that led me to where i am right now well, the movies were always a thing that just captured my fascination from like as young an age as I can remember. So it was definitely something I knew I wanted to do something in as a job. Like I didn't know what, and I certainly did not know anything about distribution or that certainly wasn't the thing, the first thing I thought of, but I ended up falling into this part of the business from 
actually being a film programmer in college and then and then at different points after college and between around grad school so you went to grad school in chicago though right i did yeah yeah i went to the so were you programming at doc films i did i did i was a grad student there and i so i was only there for a year it was a very accelerated uh program there and uh and I did, I, I knew I wanted to do something with Doc. So I, I was one of the, there were a few grad students, but actually it was mostly undergrads. And I mean, those kids were really smart. Like I remember yeah. thinking, God, you know, you're, you know, stuff I had no idea about when I was, you know, 19 or 20, which is what a lot of, you know, these kids were 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, yeah, it's great. That's a great, that is a great um, program. They, they still yeah. do it there. Yeah, they it's, still do. Yeah. Yeah, Good stuff. and you know, the, you know how it is though. Hyde Park is, it's it's a little removed from a lot of the rest of what's going on in in, in Chicago. So I felt like it was kind of like it was hard to get it was hard to get an audience from outside of Hyde Park. But once in a while, it would happen. Mm-hmm. I I I program I did a series there that was called. Um, not the easy riders, not the not the raging bulls. It was all right. it was it was B sides of the American New Wave, New Hollywood era, and one of the and and a lot of the films we did have ended up becoming more well known and easier to see subsequently because this was like two thousand five or two thousand six. But one of the movies I did was The Swimmer, and Great. Um, and I uh, knew you were going to talk about Frank Perry. Yeah, and and and. Uh, happy to and and Frank Perry's obviously in, in more recent years the the Perry's have become much more well known and much more part of the canon than they were right. then back in two thousand five. But when I showed the swimmer in Chicago, it actually this was it was a real achievement for me because the Chicago Reader, you know, they used to have that insert yeah. the like with all the movies and music stuff in the middle of it. It was like a set. It was a pullout. Do they still? I think I think the movies was section two, and I think music was section three. Okay, all I know is that it had a. It, they put the swimmer on the cover of this pullout section. It was mm-hmm. like things to do this weekend, and it was like the swimmer was the was the thing. It was Burt Lancaster, like a big shot of him on the cover. So we had a great crowd for the swimmer, and let me tell you, it was one of the worst screenings <laughs> I've ever. <laughs> been to or been involved in because again i just i just think that the swimmer it was before the swimmer and it was before frank perry became cool like yeah they definitely it's definitely much more accepted now but people heard the affected speech of that movie they heard the affected dialogue and one or two people because it's it is very it's stylized that the right. people talk in that movie they don't talk like real people People just didn't get it, and they just started laughing, and it just snowballed. And the whole movie was just people laughing at the movie. I, I was mortified. It was one of my worst screenings ever. We did The Swimmer a couple of years ago at the Wisconsin Film Festival with Chris Innes presenting it, uh, and it was you know sold out, and people were just wild about it. So you're, you're absolutely right. It has totally turned around. It has turned, yes. But this movie was shot, uh, a T.R. Baskin was shot by Gerald Hirschfeld, who shot Frank Perry's Last Summer, and I think one or two other Frank, a, f- a couple other Frank Perry movies. So I and thought young, that was kind of cool. Young Frank and Perry. 
<laughs> nice. Wait. Oh, did he? No, he, he, sh- he right shot over, Young Frankenstein, yeah. Right over my head there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's... I, yeah, he was pro- he was having a... Uh, Gerald Hirschfeld or Jerry Hirschfeld, he was having quite a moment there in those early 70s. Because there were some other impressive credits. Yeah, the transfer on this uh, Blu-ray is pretty amazing. And and uh, there's a bit on the commentary uh, that Ben and I did where she's at Butch McGuire's on Rush. And I say on the commentary, I, I go, I believe that's McGuire's. But keep in mind, when we did the commentary, we were watching a pretty shitty rip of it. But on the Blu-ray, you can clearly see that the lodge sign is across the street to the window, which means you definitely are at Butch McGuire's. So I sound like an idiot, but it's just because what we were looking at does not see, look nearly as good as what you, you're putting out here. Well, good. I, I don't remember. I think I probably sent you a proxy or maybe you saw something streaming. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it looks really good. It, it's It's definitely looks like how a lot of those New York movies were shot at the time. You know, it has a very documentary-like look to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but then it's Chicago. So there's, you know, Chicago movies are rare. That's part of why I wanted to do this one, because uh, you had Medium Cool a couple of years before, and obviously that, you know, caused quite a little bit of trouble i don't right. think the mayor the mayor no. was certainly not too happy <laughs> no but anyway be that as it may right there's not that many other there still really aren't that many other chicago movies until the end of the decade or in the early 80s when um mayor Byrne was was she was apparently the mayor that was really favorable more favorable to movies right. being filmed in the city well uh, let's do this what well, let's do a what's the best what's the best uh, let's do what's the best top three Chicago movies. What's the best? Let me just say, in researching this game, um, and I knew I had heard all that stuff about Medium Cool, and but looking back, I was shocked at how few movies were shot in Chicago throughout the whole history of cinema. Uh, you know, until like until you say until the eighties. Like in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, you can yeah. count movies shot each year in Chicago on one hand. It's crazy. Right. Wow. Or yeah. or if they or if they if it was a Chicago set movie, they might just have some exterior shots, and right. then everything else would be on the back lot in Hollywood or whatever. Sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Scarface like, wasn't what, shot in Chicago. That's total bullshit. What if, What <laughs> about Cole Northside Seven Seven Seven? Yeah. Is that, how much the of gym, that did? They I think do? that was all location stuff. For yeah. that movie, I believe. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I, rem- I I'm remembering it now as we're talking about it. So that's a that that's that's a contender right there. Yeah. Maybe, hey, let's maybe not it's spoil on the game. list. Let's not spoil. <laughs> but but <laughs> just to just to clarify, these movies don't have to have actually been shot in Chicago. These are just Chicago based movies. Whether whoa 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 okay. whoa 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 what? Okay. No, I think these movies have to be shot in Chicago. Oh, don't good you luck think? with that. Oh. No. And oh, I just also I I also just want to say you know I it was important for me before we get into the game with T R Baskin it was important for me given that it's a Chicago movie it's I wanted to I wanted to make sure that we had people on the supplements you guys on the commentary and we had a writer named Cat Sachs do a, a an essay in the booklet and Terrific it was important essay. to me that everybody had Chicago had you know chicago bona fides 
you know, I don't want to have people from the coast talking about Chicago movie. So. Right. You had Billy Corgan type up the uh, typeset. <laughs> <laughs> it was super cool. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that it worked out and that, and that, uh, and that you guys were able to do it. And yeah. I mean, thank, thanks well, for asking well, us. I mean, I never on it, you know, I, it was, it was a real thrill to do something oh, like this. Well, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk more, you know, I'm sure going forward there'll probably be some other, some other stuff that will be a fit. Yeah. Scott's well, got some it. other bona fides we can put into play for future commentary tracks. Uh, Is but it bona wait. fides? I don't say that. Okay. I say bona fides. What's the All right. Are we ready for top three Chicago movies? Gabe, are you ready? I just found a better one and I changed my list just on the fly. So I'm ready. Okay. So Jonathan, if, if somebody picks one of yours, you have to go to an alternate. Okay. I've got a few alternates. So hopefully I'm safe. Good. So you're going to go first. Gabe, you go second, right? And then I go yes. third and, and Ben goes last. Okay. Don't be mad oh, at me for my first ben. choice. Oh, no. Okay, what's the best? What's the best? Top Chicago movies. My my favorite, my my top pick is Michael Mann's Thief. Christy Lice. Just diamonds of cash. They gotta be big scores, they gotta be fast. How big? Box cut. Got another six figures. We know you got something major coming down. We are on. James Gunn, thief, rated R. Damn! I'm sorry. You. <laughs> That's why I said don't be don't be mad at me. But once you said I'm going first, I'm like, all right. I thought you were going to go medium cool, and then I thought I was going to get thief because because I, I, I knew Ben was going to get it if I didn't get it. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Let me tell you yeah. something. It's not oh, even the on game. my list. Don't you worry. Bullshit. About it. You know it's on your list. Okay. Whatever. So I made the. So now, what do we? Is it just name the movie and then that's it? What, no, uh, talk, about, talk it. about it. Yeah. Well, defend just, your choice. Thief is a film. Thief is for me. The I saw it when I was really young, and it was a movie that I watched a lot in my like formative like high school years. I had a. I had a. I had it on laserdisc. I never really. It had the director's cut, which I've never, or one of the Michael Mann director's cuts, which I've never been crazy about some of the stuff that he he did to change it but that's a yeah. that's a whole other separate michael mann conversation but i loved the overall the look and the sound of the film and the and you know the the, the, the tangerine dream soundtrack right. and uh and just that so in the, the look of it was so obviously influential and and just every every frame just looks like a like you know, it could be up up on the wall in a frame. That's a that's a film that often gets cited as like second best to Heat, and I've always said, nah, I like Thief more because I like that it's about one person rather than an you know a whole patchwork ensemble piece. I kind of like I've always liked uh, that that Thief really just focuses on one one guy, and right. yeah, I mean it's one of James Caan's. The best performances. I mean, no, I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Tuesday Weld. I mean, oh, she's great. Yeah, it's this, and then, and then, and then, just I just love again. I loved uh, even back then that it was a different city. I mean, there's a little bit right. There's a little bit in L.A., but it's mostly Chicago, 
And, yeah, um, and then and then you get to blow up. Uh, you get to blow up the green mill, that which is my favorite scene because there's been plenty of times when I've been there and I've, I'm like, I want to blow this place up. It's so pretty. That. It's pretty. It's pretty fucking uh, convincing when they blow it up. Like it is. Right? Yeah. 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 Wish um, yeah. So I don't know. That's just always been my favorite. That's always been my. So my that's I guess my favorite Chicago movie and my favorite. I think that's probably my favorite Michael Mann. Still is. Wow. First, his first film, first feature film, anyway. Gabe, you're a Heat guy, right? I've seen Heat. Oh. I think most people are. I think the. I think I feel like I. I've come around a little more on Heat, but I still. I remember when I saw Heat when it came out, and I was really excited to see it, and I just felt like, I just still thought a lot of this was done, just as good or better in, in Thief. I am not a heat guy. Ugh, get out of here. You're a manhunter guy. Manhunter. Yeah. About 10 years ago, I, I was of the opinion that heat might be the best movie ever made. But I think, I think people are pro thief over heat these days. I, I, I feel really? it edging, edging it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I well, see. I just want everyone to know I'm not, I'm not just you know, Johnny come lately. That's not a, no, a no. bandwagon I'm coming on no, no. to now. I, I felt that way that the night I saw Thief or Heat on opening night. <laughs> I think since James Conn passed away, people are like, Thief is the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of people were definitely sharing shots of that that great all-night diner scene with, with, with him and Tuesday Weld, where it's like on top. I think it was like over a highway or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I think yeah. that's a Sparrow now. Is that, so that place, that, the, the building is actually there, and that's what it is now. So. Yeah, I think it used to be. I think it used to be a Howard Johnson's, maybe, but it's. I'm pretty sure that's where the Sparrow is. You know, real New York pizza. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what about that heat forget- poster? The poster. I, I always remember that, where like his his face was sort of disappeared, and you could see his sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. With he's got the goggles. The the, the right. On, that's what uh, they are. For, Right, and the and I guess like the sparks or whatever are from when they're busting into the uh, into the vaults. Right. The yeah. Light. Scott, can yeah. you say the thief poster? The thief poster is that what I said? You said the heat poster. I want you to say the thief poster so I can cut it in and make you look smart. I'm pretty sure I said the thief poster. I think well, you heard the heat poster. The heat poster but right, well, now you've said them both, so we're all set. Whatever you uh, said, <laughs> you know, you, you can keep all of this. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. You know, actually, Manhunter. What's it going to take Tom Noonan to die before we realize that Manhunter is uh, Michael Mann's best? Hey, I love, I love, I love Manhunter too. I'm, I mean, that's probably my going, number two. It's probably oh, my no, second no, favorite no. Michael Mann. Yep. Manhunter. Every time I watch it, I go, "Okay, here we go, Manhunter," and then I get halfway through and I'm like, "This, this is not good. It's not a good movie." No, it's because you've accidentally put heat in your player. All right. Who's so next? Who's started here? Who's going next? Gabe? I'm next. And I'm not, I've never been mistaken for a cinephile or any kind of file. So mm, you've been I had mistaken to do, for some, mm, I don't know. I beg to differ. <laughs> I had to do the, the Wikipedia stuff to find Chicago movies. So forgive me. I mean, you don't have just one Chicago movie off the top of your head that you love? No. But Come when on. I looked at the list, <laughs> when I looked at the list, I said, this is my number one. I've okay. seen it. And it's also from 1982, which Ooh. is one of the best years for movies, right, Scott? Yes, yes, we agree. 1982 <laughs> is great. And you you may or may not agree with this pick, but coming from a guy that doesn't watch a whole lot of movies, directed by Thomas K. Avildsen, something like that. 
Wait, what? That's not a name. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Things are tough all over. Hey, good evening, everybody. It's Cheech and Chong. And Cheech and Chong taking the high road all the way to Vegas in search of truth. I feel like we're wearing dresses, man. Beauty. Hey, baby, how's it going? And a piece of the action. We have a very special surprise planned for you. Things are tough all over. Rated R. Coming soon to a theater near you. That is not a Chicago movie. movie. This, it is. this it is. Wow, it it's a great fucking movie. <laughs> God bless. Wow. <laughs> what part of that takes place in Chicago? The Maybe whole movie. Some of it does. No. It says Chicago like 10 times when you do the search on Wikipedia's page. It's in Chicago. They're at the car wash, owned by a pair of oil-rich Arabs. <laughs> yeah, herpes. <laughs> That's in Chicago. Wow. Oh. I don't know about that. Look it I up. I think that's it's the same one that's in Thief, right? Is it? I mean, Heat. I mean, Thief. I mean, Heat. <laughs> Cheech and Chong are hired to drive a limo from Chicago to Las Vegas. So I guess it does oh, start in wow. Chicago. And the post, okay. the poster had Vegas, right? They're in Vegas yeah. on the poster. Yeah, they're right? in Vegas in the poster. Most of the time, they're in Vegas in a hotel room with their girlfriends. Listen, just because uh, the whole thing's is... not in Chicago. I, I, it counts. It counts. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm happy anytime that movie gets See, I, I refuse to believe that, like, if somebody came up to you, Gabe, and said, tell me your favorite Chicago movie, you wouldn't have at least one in your head that you could say. I've seen three movies in the last five years. Come on. Come here, break okay, here. Next. I'm tired of this. All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. You took Thief. Uh, should we be talking about Medium Cool since you brought it up already? Sure. Why not? I mean, it, it is amazing. I think it still has to be somewhere on somebody's list. All right. Uh, I'll think about it. But I'm going to go <laughs> right, right, out, right out of the gate with Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, hey, honey. Uh, why don't you bring me a beer? This one's empty. I ain't your maid. Get it yourself. Oh, now, come on, honey. I, I ain't asking you to wash the windows or nothing. I just want a beer. Come on, bring your poor old brother a beer, will you? Do that, Otis. She's your sister. Okay, I was only kidding around, Henry. Tell her you're sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, tell her you won't do it again. I won't. I swear, Becky, I swear I won't. Ow! Shit, Henry. Ooh! When I moved to Chicago, that was playing Midnight's uh, at the Music Box. And and I actually have a poster in, in the other room. I like to keep it in the guest bedroom so that... When people like Gabe come to stay over, they have to look at the My Mama Was a Whore, Michael Rooker, Henry po poster. But it was playing Midnights, and we'd go see it and then walk home, and it was terrifying. Uh, oh, God, I can only imagine. Yeah. 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 Is Michael Rooker, is he Chicago guy or somewhere in the Midwest? Is I think so, yeah. It would make yeah. sense. John McNaughton was... Uh, the director mad dog and glory is another great chicago movie that that he did with de niro and bill murray and uma thurman mm -hmm. hey don't talk about that that could be on somebody's list that's not on your list and you know it <laughs> i didn't say me i said somebody listen if gabe if gabe pulled things are tough all over out of his ass I, i'm excited <laughs> to see what's next to <laughs> i remember uh when i was working at carson Peary scott which is in uh 
is in T.R. Baskin. I was working at this in this young men's department. This guy comes in and he buys these pair of pants and he lays his card down. It's this broken uh, credit card. And on it, it says John McNaughton. And I go, <laughs> I look at him and I go, no. Nah. He was like, what? I go, are you? Nah, he can't be. He goes, ask me. I go, are you John McNaughton who directed Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I go, what are you doing? What are you doing next? He's like, well, I'm going to buy those pants because I have a meeting with Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese, and uh, he's going to make wow. Mad Dog and Glory. You were there at the start. So I didn't that ask him is... for his autograph, but I stole his, like, you know, the, the carbon of, of his autograph, the receipt. <laughs> you have a tuck behind your Henry uh, yeah. poster? Yeah, it's back there. <laughs> ben, what have you got here? So yeah. my, my second and third choices I feel are safe. I can't imagine anyone else picking them. But this first one, maybe. So I'm going to pick it first. Uh, and it's a movie that I never really thought of as a Chicago movie until last year when we talked about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a total Chicago movie. Brian De Palma's The Fury. Saturday, a special movie presentation. A top secret government agency kidnaps a teenage boy with a special talent. A desperate father's search leads to terror. From today's master of suspense, the director of Carrie, starring Kirk Douglas, a network television premiere, The Fury, Saturday at 8.30, 7.30 Central and Mount. Oh, oh I knew good you were one. I picked that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which I always think is an underappreciated De Palma movie, but uh, is really a delightful Chicago movie. Um, featuring... Kirk Douglas seemingly doing a lot of his own stunts, climbing yeah. around the L train and in and out of yeah. hotel rooms. In his, un in his underwear, no In worse. his underwear, yeah. Yeah. I think he was trying to, I think that was like one of those times where he's like, if Bert can go do a movie in his yeah. bathing suit the whole time, I'm going to go do this. How angry do you think stunts. he was that Bert got the swimmer over him? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, 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 were they, are you joking or were they actually, was there really a, a, a Kirk connection? I'm, I'm joking, but, uh, you know, I mean, they both just, uh, Kirk would have been great in the swimmer. Yeah. They should have mud wrestled at some point. <laughs> and the other thing I love, well, there's a couple of things I love about the Fury in Chicago. Oh, right. First of all, that Dennis Franz is playing a Chicago cop. And then, you know, a year later he was playing the ultimate New York cop in uh, dress to kill. Uh, but he right, still had the right. Chicago accent. Always yeah, still had it, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, listen, he was on NYPD Blue for 10 years. And then, in, and then in Blowout, it's in Philly, and he's still got his Chicago oh, yeah. accent. So. Where does, um, I should know this, but it, does Hill Street Blues take place in a real city? Is that a Chicago No, that's another, that's another one that's kind of like any, like any city, USA. But, mm. Yeah. But I think the exterior, I think the shot... In the opening credits, I think that was Chicago. I think, hmm. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, my my second pick, which I was afraid would have gotten picked in the first round somewhere, is uh, also features a Tangerine Dream score. So you know where I'm going here. Uh -huh. Also features some Ooh. amazing night Scott, nighttime all your shit. Nighttime oh. cinematography. Oh yeah. Risky business from Risky 1983. Business. I don't remember giving permission for a party, Joe. A party? Never get high, Joe. Don't ever do anything stupid. Please stop. 
there's a time for playing it safe and a time for risky business. Starring Tom Cruise, rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check your newspaper for local listings. It's a good one. Yeah, it's that is another one. Those thief, thief, and risky business got a lot of, a lot of play in my. I played those both a lot when I was growing up. I think Risky yeah. Business is is like one of the best movies ever made. Like just hands down, I I love that movie. I I I haven't. I, I'm overdue to rewatch it again. It's like one of those movies that I watched so much uh, growing up. That even if I haven't watched, even though I probably haven't looked at it in. Uh, hand, at least five years, maybe even ten. I could, I could probably recite every line before right. it, before yeah. it happens. Yeah, but also that's just a great. That one feels like, like I feel like, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Michael Mann, we know he's a Chicago guy and a and a Madison guy. Um, is mm-hmm. uh was was uh, Paul Brickman. The writer director of Risky Business. He also a Chicago guy. I think he was because his next movie was uh, Men Don't Leave. He only did two movies, which it, yeah. it kills me. He only did yeah. two movies, and it starts off on the North Shore of Chicago before they go where? To Baltimore. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. I forgot, I, I forgot about that. That's a movie I have to look at again. That's been many years since I've seen that one. That was... Yeah, I love that one, too. He was born in Chicago and raised in suburban Highland Park. Yeah. So that makes, that makes sense. That makes all the sense. It, it seems like Risky Business was a movie that was like everywhere it was like the epicenter of of popular culture yeah mm-hmm. probably a decade but now is not something that gets screened very often or no it doesn't about it doesn't not it doesn't. in the consciousness in the way that you would no, that you, so many other movies from that era are it's weird. but don't you I, but i think that i think i think maybe part of it is that a lot of those this is another whole other separate conversation a lot of the teen films, a lot of those, a lot of those films that were teen sex comedies or what have you from the eighties are are um, for seg- large segments of the audience do not resonate now. They have right. not aged well, or for younger audiences that were not, were not around when these movies were made, I don't think they. I think they have a harder time connecting with or or. Finding the but, humor, <laughs> but risky business isn't Porky's or Zapped. Risky it's business, true. risky business is this wolf in in the sheep's clothing of you know of, of a, a teen sex comedy. When it it actually isn't. It's it's an indictment of you know Reagan's America. Who wouldn't want to watch that? Oh, I it's, forgot. People who don't care about history, right? Okay. I saw some statistic again. It's on X, formerly known as Twitter. Somebody uh-huh. posting something about how Gen Z audiences, like, there's some survey where it was like 58 percent of the respondents don't feel that movies uh, they they don't need to see like sexual relations. Uh, they don't need to see that. They don't they don't need to see romantic relationships or anything in it they the platonic relationships are what they're into in the movies so right it sounds like what reagan used to say you know he's like i think actors were better when they kept their clothes on it's like do these people know what they sound like what kind of prudes and morons and scolds they they actually sound like it's like why would why do you want to be like that uh i don't get it I i don't understand it either i don't but you know i I, I still find I meet people that are young that are from that I meet younger people 
there are actually counters to, you know, what we're being told when we read right. the, you know, somebody posting about, yes. oh, Gen Z doesn't want, nobody in Gen Z wants to see um, something like risky business. Anymore. Right, right. So I don't know, Ben, maybe, the, maybe I'm off, but I agree with you. It should be more, it should be more out there than it is. Maybe it it's because of, maybe it's maybe it's also because he didn't make any. He only made one other movie. Maybe that. I think that would make it more of an item. That would be, make it more of a thing. Um, but also, I, there's I, a Tom. But also, there's Tom Cruise. I mean, right? Like Tom right. Cruise is not. He's not. I. I mean, frankly, I. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm no fan. I love. I love Risky Business, and I love. Uh, you know, a couple other movies that he was in. But maybe that has something to do with some some Tom Cruise backlash or something. I. Yeah. I got it. No, I figured it out. What is it? Scientology is uh, suppressing risky business and all the right moves. You never hear about all the right moves. I love all the right moves. Thank you for mentioning that. That's another favorite. So, those are my. Those are probably my two favorite Tom Cruise movies from 1983. Yeah, I jumped you know, off I mean, the. I jump off the bandwagon after 1983. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, right. I mean, where he's it's concerned, a, I think it's a banner year for the Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scotty, Scotty Boy Lucas. Oh, yeah, next. You okay. Skip, you, you skipped me. Oh, sorry. Okay, you're, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I still got a couple movies left. Here. I'm still recovering from Things Are Tough All things, Over. Things Are yeah. Tough All Over. Okay. Is there another Cheech and Chong movie in Chicago? Uh, I hope your next movie actually takes place in Chicago for more than 10 <laughs> minutes. Okay? <laughs> have, have a little pride. As I was skimming Florida through. Florida Boy. The list of movies that were made in Chicago, I found one that I seen and I liked. I don't remember much about it, but it was good when I saw it. <laughs> 1993, directed by Andrew Davis. Ah. Oh, yeah. The Fugitive. We have a fugitive that's been on the run for 90 minutes. The chase is on. Go get him. Right here. Critics say The Fugitive is full of suspense, thrills, fun. It's dynamite. A runaway hit that will leave you breathless. Harrison Ford is The Fugitive, rated PG-13. Now playing at a theater near you. Fugitive. Great one. Does yeah. it qualify? Oh, yeah. yeah finally, oh, yeah. you got a Chicago movie. qualified. <laughs> now, Andrew Davis, I was going to pick an Andrew Davis movie. And since you've done this, I'm not going to. But I was going to pick Above the Law. Because Andrew Ooh. Davis, like even before The Fugitive, he'd been making... Movies in Chicago since Stony Island. He made a mm. Code of Silence with Chuck Norris. He was always a Chicago guy. Whatever happened to Andy Davis? He was hot for a minute there, and I don't. Know. I mean, what was the last movie that he made that you saw? Was it like a Perfect Murder or something? Or okay. yeah, I mean, another it, one with it, Andy Garcia that he made that was not a hit. But I thought, oh, this is pretty good when I caught up to it. But I don't know. I don't know. Still, has been twenty years since I think he's yeah. had. Him. I like Andy Davis. He's and he, you know, as far as but you, shooting in Chicago, he was always the guy. I think that uh, I feel like you said what twenty? It's like twenty years since his last theatrical credit. Maybe. I, I bet know. if you, I bet if you looked up a lot of directors of that yeah. vintage, you'd see a similar cutoff, and then. Probably a TV. bunch of credits on TV after TV, that. Yeah. Tim uh, Hunter uh, has been doing a lot of TV work. Like not a oh, guy you Tim thought Hunter. dropped off the face of the earth, but no, he's just been working. No, he's, doing you like always it. see his name on stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a movie I always thought was Andrew Davis, and it's not. It's Next of Kin. That's a good Chicago movie. 
Ooh. with Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah, but that's not Andrew Davis. No. Um, but next to Ken is what I saw in a double feature with Roadhouse when Roadhouse came out. Ooh. Oh, yeah, they were right. They were the same. Those were both 1989, right? Yeah. Um, the movie I was thinking about that I thought was okay when I caught up to it was Steel Big, Steel Little. That was that was his next movie after The Fugitive, and it was a total bomb with Andy Who's Garcia. In that? Dual oh, roles. I, Andy Garcia plays twins or something like that. Oh my god! I got to check this out. Gabe, I, I can you, picture the artwork for it. But yeah. Gabe, this is your movie. Do you remember anything about it? Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. He got framed or something, and he mm-hmm. was on the run. Uh huh. And he was riding around the trains and stuff. That's that's all I know. But it was a good movie. You don't remember Tommy Lee Jones? He was in there. He was chasing him, right? He was the guy who was going after him. Joey mm-hmm. Pants. I don't know anything about it. A I young see Radiant that. Julianne Moore. <laughs> she might have been in there. She's in every movie. We seen. watched this a couple weeks ago with my daughter, and I was surprised to see Julianne Moore and to realize how small her part is. It is and a then small I part. Re- then I read that it actually was a much bigger part, and they decided to cut that whole plot line. Like, he was supposed to have a romantic relationship with her. But Ooh, uh, as it is, it's right. really just a cameo. She was supposed to walk around the hospital without any panties. Yeah. But then, but then they, saw, they, saw, they saw a cut of shortcuts, that already cut, and it was like, oh, they already did that. Yeah. Right, right. Way to, way to drive home the joke, Jack. Way to drive it home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're on Saturday Night Live right now. <laughs> All right, good pick, Gabe. Good right. pick, Gabe. I, I didn't see it coming out of you. <laughs> it's on my list. It's a you great one. That was on, that was definitely one of my one of my possible choices. All right, I'm yeah. on the board. No, it's definitely it's a good one. And Andrew Davis, a Chicago treasure. My turn. Speaking of Chicago treasures, Ben knows I love this one, and how could we not pick this one? It's a high school movie. It's not quite the kind of high school movie that Chicago. Seems to be known for, but Cooley High. It was the best of times. They were the best of friends. They made the best of memories. Why don't you go somewhere? Your face of mine. Those cool, cool days. Cooley High. Is, is one of the greats. Now, Gabe, did you know Cooley High is sort of, would you say, basis, Ben, or the jumping off point for what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Oh, it yeah. is. Before the pop block dancing? Before. Before which do be you be. <laughs> there was cool. I'm surprised you haven't seen Cooley High. I haven't seen it. I probably should see it. Mm-hmm. You recommend it? I think it's great. It's great. Caprini Green, but it's not. I mean, there's some gang elements, and, and the ending is sort of like a precursor to Boys in the Hood. But for the most part, it's it's kind of like a breezy, a breezy uh, Chicago version of Lords of Flatbush. I know. I know you guys love Lords of Flatbush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the New York guys love Lords of Flatbush, Gabe. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's no thoughts uh, on no thoughts on 
Cooley well, High? Scott, you and I have talked for two hours about Cooley High on another podcast. I'll probably be saying that every week going <laughs> forward. Uh, but it's a great movie and lots of great Chicago locations. All right, I'll take it. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs. Jonathan, have you seen Cooley High? Believe it or not, no, I've not. It's a big, big, uh, big void there, yeah. So this is why I'm actually be due for a Blu-ray boutique label re-release. No, exact Criterion just did it recently. Oh, did they? Did they? They covered it. They got it covered, yeah. Yeah, it is a Criterion. There is a Criterion. There is? Yeah. What's what does it look like? I don't know. It sounds like you really really, sounds like you you gotta get it. It's got a great cover. Do Cooley High Blu-ray. It's got a really nice for Criterion, a, a really nice cover. It's out. Is it out or is it coming out? Oh, it's out. I think it's been out for a little bit. What? How did I not? It know was about released this? in 2022, December 13th, 2022. I'm, Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that hasn't seen it, but I, I'm glad I was able to. You know, <laughs> I got a cheap ass bare bones Blu-ray of this, and this exists. Well, you when you got the cheap ass bare bones one, that one didn't exist. It's true. I know. It just still kills me. Okay. All right. I'm over it. Move on. Whose turn is it? Oh, it's Ben's turn. All right. I'm going. I'm really excited to see where you're going to go next, Ben. I'm going with a movie that I don't. I I think I I looked it up to make sure that there was actually stuff shot in Chicago because it's totally a Chicago movie, but one Mm -hmm. of those movies that I think was mostly shot in Canada or Mm. could all be like, you know, green screened. I don't know. But it's a, mm-hmm. a a movie I saw in a theater, knocked me out. I went, went and saw it a couple more times in a theater. I'm always trying to drag people to see this movie somewhere, usually my house. From 2011, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, a little ditty called Source Code. What is my mission? A bomb exploded on a train outside of Chicago, killing everyone. A secret program called the Source Code will send you back before the explosion. If you find the bomber, the next attack can be prevented. You'll have eight minutes. Change the past. What would you do if you knew you had less than eight minutes to live? I'd make those seconds count. Save the future. Source Code, rated PG-13, in theaters April 1st. Directed by David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones. Source Code. Jake Gyllenhaal on a commuter train going to Chicago trying to stop a bomber. And I won't give any more of the plot away because it's much more complicated than that. Now I remember this, yeah. Yeah, he was on the train. With Vera Farmiga as as his... um, I love Vera. As his handler. Um, Just a great movie. Totally great sort of sci-fi action suspense film. So there's some Chicago... Somewhere in there. It all takes place on a Metra yeah. train, and there is some Chicago stuff in it, and Chicago suburbs for sure. No, it certainly counts more than things are tough all over. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Wow. Excuse me. Well, now I have to see. So now I've got to. I've got to. You see got a list now, finally, John. I've got to finally see that, and I got to finally, and I got to see Source Code. I've definitely heard of that before. Kind of a generic title. Source code is not the greatest title. It's not the greatest. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell us it was a Mike Figgis movie. I I completely forgot the source code existed. That guy did source code, and then he did Moon, or did he? I think it was Moon moon then source code, source code? and then he fell off a cliff. He did like a 
one war, uh, World of War. What's the name of that stupid video game? War, war, Warcraft something. World of World Warcraft. of Warcraft. Yeah, he mm. made, he spent like ten years making that movie, which promptly bombed, and I don't think he's ever recovered oh, wow. from it. Oh. Well, he's doing all right. I mean, he is he yeah. is Bowie's heir, one of sure. his heirs. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's go round three. Oh, uh, man, the final the final round. I now now I've got that now I've got like all these I'm at that point you know where can't the list go to eleven you know because I got some right. other good choices but now yeah, I'll tell you our mutual it. friend Dino is going to be disappointed if you don't name the film that he thinks was going to be tops on your list well <laughs> it, it, it's there so yeah it, you know that's the that should that's the tip that's the tipping point running scared because I don't want to disappoint no! Dino. They've got guts. I can't believe that you missed all six shots. They've got nerve. Hi. We sell kitchenware. Do you need a lettuce crisper? And they've got style. We lost a suspect! Our keys, our car, our pants! Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal with cops like these. I hate this! We're making good time! No wonder Chicago's... Oh, no! Running scared. We're not scared. We're smart. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 27th. Uh, Was that on your list, Scott? I watched it last night to see if uh, I, I really did like it as much as I remember. Well, I have to say it got a lot of, again, growing up, it, just like Risky Business and Thief, it was a movie that I played the hell out of and made other people, friends and family, watch as well. I think that probably applies to all these movies. And that movie right. is just, yeah, I, I feel, uh, Peter Hyams, back to Peter Hyams, yeah. the writer-producer of T.R. Baskin, and uh, obviously, the man loves to. He loves Chicago. He loves making movies in Chicago, and you could tell it's a love letter to the city. I mean, it's. I mean, there's obviously some parts where they go to Key West, but uh, most of it's right in 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 all over all over town. You guys could probably ID most of the locations. I do remember that I was taking a bus when I first moved to Chicago. And I went by, uh, there's a prominent, um, like, sign, like a neon church sign, like a mm-hmm. cross that's, you see it a couple times in in uh, in Running Scared, I, I, and I happened to be on this bus that went by it. And this was like 20 years later, and it was still there. I was like, oh, there's the, you know, Christ saves, or whatever the hell the sign says. Because, yeah. like, I'd seen these movies so many times, but then when I lived in Chicago, it was... You know, it was like being in New York. It was fun to see some of the, to be able to recognize uh, the locations and and get a sense of and know what the geography was. And I and and you know, so I didn't have that when I saw these all these movies that I've mentioned. I didn't have that when I first saw them. But then when I lived in Chicago, it gave me an, another appreciation for them. So yeah, Running Scared, underrated cop buddy cop movie. It gets also never screens. I've never. I would love to see that on in a theater, but. No, it's on Tubi. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> That's an interesting thing to, to be in with com- with commercials. Yeah, I too love Running Scared, but I love Running Scared from two thousand six with Paul Walker. No, and again, no, my lady no. Vera Farmiga, great movie. Uh, great. Now movie. you pronounce? Did you pronounce? You pronounce your name two different ways, right? I don't Which know. I'm just trying to cover all the bases. Okay. RG, soft G. I don't know. So you're gonna you got to say it both both ways, so you can, you know, you'll be okay in the editing. 
Believe me, I won't. I won't edit it either way. Scott will probably cut the whole thing out. So it doesn't. That's right. <laughs> He's not going to make any of this stuff. What is it? What do you think it is? Farmid, farmija, far, farmi, farmiga, farmija, farmija. Uh huh. Okay. I got, I got, I got, the doctor said I've got a <laughs> terrible case of farmija, fiber uh-huh. farmija. Yeah. <laughs> So I picked one of your. So running scared, I, I picked somebody's. I picked your. Was that one of yours, Scott? It's 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 definitely on my 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 top ten list. John, here. I think all of yours have been on Scott's list. It's true. It's, it's true. You got thief. You got running scared. Risky business. Yeah, Gabe. This last one's tough. I asked, "Can I use the suburbs as part of my settings?" And, and we said yes. You said yes. I, I said you could use the suburbs, not Las Vegas. <laughs> oh. Teach and Chung counts. We, we got that established. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And, you you know, I got to pick f- between one of three movies for my suburban uh, I thought all three of these movies were going to be your yeah, one, all two, three. Yeah, all three of my three. movies? No. Yeah. I got to pick between one of the three. I'll Go pick ahead. my movie I've seen the most out of the three. Pretty in pink. Do you want to go out Friday? Yeah. When I saw you talking to that chick, what's her name? Eddie? One chance. This is going to happen. And I'm going to die for you. Can change everything. And you like him, he likes you. You really don't think she's got something? No. What his friends think shouldn't make any difference. The girl was, is, will always be nada. He's going to use you and then throw you away. We'll all make that decision, all right? Pretty in pink. Rated PG-13. Special sneak preview, Friday, February 21st. Oh, I knew that's what it was going to be. Did you? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Does Zap not take place in the Chicago area? No, Zap (laughs) does not take place in Chicago. I think Zap is in L.A. or something. How how much of Pretty in Pink is in the... Is the whole movie in Chicago? It's in the burbs. It's supposed to be a fictitious suburb in Chicago. Yeah, but is it? Or is it... Oh, yeah, because they do go to Chicago. Like... It, isn't the the store that Annie Potts owns? Isn't that supposed wax to be tracks? some? Isn't that supposed to be sort of wax tracks? I think we but, can just stipulate that the John Hughes universe is the Chicago and suburban. The, the thing that's surprising though is that now with the now again with the aforementioned IMDb, which we know is not always factually right. correct, but. The, the surprising one of the surprising things that I learned as an adult was that not all of like the iconic locations that were supposed to be Highland Park or wherever in the John Hughes movies were actually anywhere in the vicinity. A lot of it was actually houses there. Oh, it's in Pasadena or you know somewhere you know outside of L.A. Which yeah, right. Anyway, that's why I asked about Pretty in Pink because I'm not as familiar. That's one I don't know as well, but. I know he cheated sometimes, which, you know, he's entitled to. Sure. <laughs> I mean, but I don't really think of that. It doesn't really give me Chicago vibes when I think of Pretty in Pink. Gabe? No, but you know it's the Chicago suburb because all of those movies from that time were supposed to be there. And it's uh, Molly Ringwald, John Cryer, what else? Andrew McCarthy, James Spader. What else you got to say? Well, you know, I, I, I had a really hard time picking my number three, but um, since you came at me with this weak-ass shit, I'm going to go with some real Chicago 
high school movie, My Bodyguard. My Bodyguard is sensitive and gripping. It's rocky, breaking away, and more. It's brilliant, says Marilyn Beck, syndicated columnist. It's a beautifully acted story of friendship that's touching and funny, says 16 Magazine. And Rona Barrett says it's as refreshing as lemonade on a hot afternoon. Don't miss the sleeper of the summer. See My Bodyguard, rated PG. Now showing at a select theater near you. Check your local newspaper for showtimes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That was on my, I was, before the Dino, before you brought up Dino and how disappointed he might be, that was, I was leaning towards my bodyguard. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't because I didn't want to steal another one from. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. Sorry I said anything. (laughs) Chicago locations all over the place. Plus, you got Martin Mull, Ruth Gordon. Yes. Matt Dillon at his just slimiest. And who's the dude, the, 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 the bald guy, that the bald fuck who, like, you know, Mike's his... Yeah, Mike. Mike. Oh, I hate him so much. He takes his motorcycle. Can I have this motorcycle? And he, and he rams it into the duck pond. Oh, I hate him so much. Yeah. Oh, now I want to watch it. I want to go watch it again. Damn. It's good. Did it's, I? Uh, it's good. I have a Jim Healy, my bodyguard yeah. story. Jim Healy did a did the commentary track for the. I was about to he, mention this, but right did did it did a did it with um, the director Tony Bill. Wow. Um, yeah, but the story I have about my bodyguard and Jim Healy is that Jim got asked to. John Cusack does this thing these days where he tours the country, uh, showing his movies like High Fidelity, and um, say anything. Uh, Say anything. Thank you. Um, and he, you know, goes from town to town showing one of those two movies and then comes out to be interviewed after the movie. And depending on what city he's in, they, his, whoever's producing these things asks like a local film authority to come interview John. So in Madison, uh, they showed High Fidelity at the Orpheum Theater on State Street. And Jim Healy got asked to interview John after the after the movie. And so I'm sitting there watching the movie, which was shown at the wrong aspect ratio. So it was like short and squat John Cusack wandering around with Jack Black, who looks shorter and squatter than usual. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this world? But uh, afterwards, they come out and do the interview. And, and of course, Jim has sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of, of all things film related. So he's talking about My Bodyguard, which is one of Jim's favorites, and which he had done this commentary track. And they, and they were talking about the other people in John Cusack's family who are actors. And he says, well, you know, your sister's in all these movies and your dad is in movies and your dad is in My Bodyguard. And John goes, no, no, I don't think my dad's in My Bodyguard. And Jim says, oh, oh. yes, yo, yes, he is in My Bodyguard. And John's like, no, I think I would know if my dad... And they got into right. this argument yeah. on stage about the fact oh. <laughs> of whether John Cusack's father is in the movie or not. But, He's the know, principal, isn't Jim. he? Yeah, yes, he is. see. So did he we tell need, him he's needed, a principal? We needed to be there to be the tie-breaking vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he told him, but John wasn't having it. Wow. And it was a pretty funny, contentious couple of minutes on stage. Wow. Gabe, you've seen My Bodyguard, right? No, but it sounds what like the fuck? I should have seen it. I should have seen it. All right. I'm I'm closing us out tonight with um what I guess is maybe like the most acclaimed of the movies that we uh have talked about. Hold on. More acclaimed than Henry? Portrait of a serial killer. Well, I'll also say that this is a movie that you famously 
either don't like or I haven't actually made it through. I think I know uh, what you're going to pick. I think I know it. The Sting. Next Sunday at an earlier hour. Your boss is quite a card player, Mr. Kelly. How does he do it? He cheats. The Sting comes to television on ABC. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, two great stars. In the movie that taught America, it's not how you play the game, it's how you win. He's not as tough as he thinks. Neither are we. The Sting, next Sunday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain on ABC. Oh! Oh, no. Wow! Wow. Which I didn't even realize was a Chicago movie until I was looking this up. Like, oh, this oh, the Sting place takes place in Chicago. Okay, sure, great. Let's did do you it. really like the Sting? Or you I love the Sting. Did they really? Um, did they shoot it? Is it one where they really shot it in Chicago? Or? The, the, yes, there is some. There is some. I mean, it's it's clearly a Hollywood black, a backlot movie for ninety percent of it. But there are a right. couple of location shots in Chicago. Okay, okay. And there's plenty of like painted, you know, matte paintings of Chicago. Right the L train and all that stuff. Yeah, so, you're right. I still haven't made it through it. The map paintings, are, that sounds cool. I'm, I'm you kind of you kind of piqued my interest there. Hang on a second, John. Are you saying you haven't seen the sting? I haven't. No. Whoa. What, what world uh, Gabe, am I living Gabe, in right now? Have you seen the sting? Is this what Jackie Gleason and uh, <laughs> That's the sting else? too. No. What? I'm thinking the hustler. <laughs> this is with Robert Shaw. Robert Redford. Yeah, he Paul is thinking Newman. The So have you Scott, seen the Sting? Scott, Scott Joplin yeah, music. I've not seen the Sting. Wow. Yeah, no, no, I'm on a show with yep. three people who haven't seen the Sting. I, the, the, I, I don't know. Do you feel like Sam Neill in, in the Mouth of Madness right now? I, yeah, I feel like I'm in a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. So we didn't, nobody picked Medium Cool, but we talked about Medium Cool. We did talk about, I, I definitely are, would have picked it if you hadn't talked about it. Nobody what are picked, some other ones? What are some other Child's ones Play had? was on my list. Oh, I didn't realize uh, that was a Chicago movie. Oh yeah, I, it's uh, a really good Chicago movie. Here's Bad a great Boys one. With, uh, I, had, I, had, I had Bad Boys as an alternate on my list. Yeah. Nice. I have The Color yeah. of Money. Oh yeah, okay. The Color of Money is great. I, could have I, for, I forgot that was a Chicago movie. Yeah. Streets of Fire has some a lot of. Yeah. Not, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah there's definitely not, I rem, there's definitely some shots of like I remember there was like a shot of the uh, the the Damon L stop in that right right thing. How about and while you were sleeping, Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Ooh. Nice one. Midnight uh, Run is a Chicago oh, movie. Oh yeah, Midnight Run. That's a good one. Well, Dude. I thought when you said acclaimed, I thought you were going to go with ordinary people. That's what I thought you were going to go with, and that was on my list of alternates as well. No, I we're. Think this, I think this, this, uh, this is a raging Oscars. bull house here. Nobody talks about ordinary people here. Nobody said the Blues Brothers. No, nobody did. <laughs> um, I thought Gabe was going to do Blues Brothers. Oh, come here's on. a good one. You, Adventures in Babysitting. Assume- You've seen that. Oh, that is a good. That is a good one. Same time, same, same. I feel like. uh, Oh, and another one from that time that I liked a lot when I was a kid. Another one of like kids getting involved in, and over their heads in, in uh, cartoonish crime stories. Uh, Big shots. Do you remember that movie? Big shots. No, I don't. Robert. Robert. It was uh, Robert Mandel, the guy who did FX. It was like the movie he did right after, I think. It has two kids. And um, and of all people, 
the director, uh, Yerzy uh, Skolomowski, is like the plays the villain. Like, <laughs> oh you know, wow, all, that's amazing. Yeah. So he had like a weird acting career, you know. Maybe I guess to sort of help finance his own movies or something. Um, yeah. Like where these like two kids like steal a car that belongs to some gangsters, and anyway, it was it was it was it went over wow. like gangbusters when I was you know nine of ten when it was. Robert, I gotta watch that. Robert Prosky is in that movie too. Uh, oh yeah, oh, Bob Prosky. Yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah. see this. So is it kind of like uh, after hours for kids? Like it's pretty it looks goofy. Like running, it looks like running scared it's for kids. It's pretty so goofy. The... It, it would actually go well with adventures and babysitting because it's a similar thing with like right. the kids getting in the adult world. So, you know, the same time you had Big come out also, all these movies right. with like kids, uh, you know, getting in, like, again, over their heads and and playing with the, the, the adults. Um, right. Yeah. A suburban fear of the city. Do you know who wrote Big Shots? Who wrote the screenplay? This is going to blow I, everyone's minds. I don't remember. Who is it? It's Joe Estrahaus. Whoa. Really? Oh, oh, I, okay. Now go. I know this movie. Yes. I, <laughs> do you know who produced? A, this, this is prob. this is one of those movies that I will, I will, I, I'll probably just leave it in my nine-year-old memory. No, you know, like this, the, needs a, a, this needs oh, a, this needs a fun this. city release. Do you know who produced Adventures in Babysitting? Ben? Steven Spielberg? No, Deborah Hill. Oh, Ooh. nice. It's the okay. second best movie about babysitting she ever produced. <laughs> Zinger. Mm-hmm. And then it's true. also around that time was Uncle Buck, which was another... I, I, an, another I, I'm an Uncle Buck fan. I didn't used to be, but... Uh, I like Uncle Buck. Yeah. But I, I feel like Uncle Buck is another one of those... The, all these movies have have scenes with kids where they like go into the city, you know, where they're right. coming from the suburbs and they and they go into the city and um, and uh, you know kind of get introduced to this uh, right the, to this like rougher uh, right harder like the most irris- right the most irresponsible thing they could do is take these kids into the <gasps> Chicago into the city <laughs> yeah and they're all Chicago right they're all they're, they're all Chicago. Yeah, movies. I think. Yeah, I have yeah, two so more movies on my list. Like Fox News movies. One of them I love dearly, but really the Chicago bit is only ten minutes, and it's a nice ten minutes. But it's things are ro- tough all over. <laughs> yes, I think it's got more than things are tough all over. This is Roller Coaster uh, with, with George oh Siegel and Timothy Bottoms. Apparently has some <laughs> Chicago footage. Now another movie that, that showed an, up. That on is a, an entertaining. That was an entertaining watch. I watched that of several years. That that has the concert scene with Sparks, right? In, yep, like, right. in like the amusement yep. park. Yeah. Yep. Great yeah. movie. But also on the list of Chicago movies, and I'm trying to think, and a movie I've seen many many times, 1941. What part of 1941 takes place in Chicago? Uh, I don't know. Is all the stuff with Treat Williams in Chicago? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Maybe that's why Spielberg was in Chicago, and that's why he's in that scene in Blues Brothers. I didn't know that Spielberg was in Blues Brothers. Yeah? Yeah. Frank Oz is in Blues Brothers? I knew that. It's a good movie, man. You should try no, it again. Not. I did yes, try it again. Yes, it, it actually movie. really is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is Spielberg? Scott, why didn't you bring it? Why Blues didn't you have that as one of your picks then? I just thought it was too obvious. It's the same reason why I didn't put in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I and I thought Gabe, to... I thought Gabe would come, bring those. Actually, Gabe doesn't seem to realize that all those John Hughes movies are Chicago based. Yeah, but 
I'd have to have say I'd have to have seen these movies. Mm. I've never seen Blues Brothers or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You're bullshitting me. No, I'm not. Who 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 bullshits and says, "Oh, I'm going to go through life saying I never seen this movie before." I'm not saying you go through life saying that, but I'm saying you're going through this moment right now saying that. I'm telling you, I've never seen it. Mm. You picked the wrong (laughs) co-host. All right, I say we bring John back some other time to do the soundtrack thing. I agree. When we can all, when we're at the top of our games. When we're refreshed. But John, tell the people how they can get not only this fantastic new Blu-ray release of T.R. Baskin starring Scott Lucas and myself, but all the rest of the wonderful Fun City catalog. (laughs) Yeah. Thank, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing it back to there and giving me the opportunity to shill a little bit. Um, you can you can find T.R. Baskin. You, we we're actually we meaning me. Nobody can see this, but you guys can see behind me. You can see some of the shipping apparatus here. I am selling product directly, shipping product directly, including T.R. Baskin. Now you, you and Gabe can have a nice conversation yeah, right that, now. That, you guys should have all about, talked about this. I'm all about the shipping of the merch. Yeah, though. So, so you can go to funcityeditions.com and you can find TR Baskin there. We have Duddy Kravitz coming soon. We also have our previous two releases, Primetime Panic 2, or, our, or sorry, our previous three releases, Primetime Panic 2, Fatal Thumbs, and uh, which is Nej and the Bitch, uh, two French uh, early 80s uh, Parisian crime films. Uh, uh, create, written and directed by women, starring women. And we also have Morvern Collar, the Lynn Ramsey film. So I've, wow. I've, those are all products that I've, all, all titles that you can get from funcityeditions.com. But you can also find earlier titles in our catalog at, at the, at vinegarsyndrome.com. If you have listeners in the UK, you can find some of our titles at Radiance Films. And then also you can find our titles at, at other, uh, other online retailers like Diabolic DVD, I think, carries a lot of our stuff. So, or just good old Amazon. TR Baskin comes out November seventh, right? Yeah, but we're shipping it now. Yeah, it's available. okay. So, yeah, yeah. so you can get it. All right, yes. everyone should get this. John, when will it start getting reviewed? Because I'm dying to see what people are saying about our commentary track. <laughs> well, I well definitely. <laughs> Definitely reviewers. I've sent out. I've sent out several review copies, and people have them. So hopefully, hopefully soon. But yes, I'm looking forward to specifically to responses to the commentary track in particular. I was a little bit iffy on that, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see how it's how it's received by the by the pros. You know. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle the commentary on the commentary. I, I'm afraid <laughs> of this. Yeah. So, so yeah, funcityeditions.com and you you can certainly find TR Baskin there and and hopefully some other things that might look interesting to you. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work, sir. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for for uh for having me on here and uh it's an honor and and uh and and also for you know, lending your lending your voices to uh, to a fun city release, and hopefully, we'll we'll find some more in yeah. the future. Yeah, love to do. It Don't again. threaten us with a good time. We're ready.
Mm-hmm.